Chapters 10 through 13. Of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 2, by Palladius. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10 of Abimoses the Indian, a captain of thieves. Now there was a certain man whose name was Moses, who was by race an Indian, i.e. an Ethiopian, and his flesh, i.e. skin, was black, and he was the slave of a man in high authority, and because of his evil deeds and thefts his master drove him out of his house. Now it is said that he even went so far as to commit murder. Now I am compelled to mention his wickedness in order that I may show forth the beauty of his repentance, and people say concerning him that he was even the captain of a band of seventy thieves, and the following thing used to be related about him, and he is said to have committed it during the period wherein he passed his time in stealing. He had as an enemy a certain shepherd, against whom he remembered certain evil things, and he went to steal sheep from his flock. And the shepherd was told by a certain man who said, Moses hath crossed the Nile by swimming, and he holdeth a sword in his hand, and his clothes are placed on his head, and he hath crossed the river by swimming. And the shepherd covered himself over with sand, and hid from him. And when Moses had come and did not find the shepherd, he chose out two fine rams from among the sheep, and slew them, and he tied them together with the rope, and swam across the river again with them. And having come to a small village, he skinned the rams, and ate the best portions of them, and he sold the remainder for wine and drank. And after these things he went back to his companions. One day, whilst he was associated with them in doing hateful things, his senses came back to him in the morning season, and he repented of his evil acts, and he rose up and fled to a monastery, and from that time he drew nigh unto works of repentance, so closely that the devil who had made him sin from his youth up, and who would have continued to make him sin, would stand before him in visible form, and would look upon him. Thus he came to the knowledge of our Lord Christ." And about him they tell the story that thieves once came unto him and went into his cell because they did not know who he was and they tied them all together with cords and lifted them up on his shoulders like a bag of chopped straw and brought them to the church to the brethren and said unto them since i have not the power to do evil unto any man what do ye command to do to those who rose up against me to slay me now at that time Moses had been fasting for seven days, and he had eaten nothing. And after he had done this, he informed the thieves, saying, I indeed am Moses, who was formerly the captain of a band of thieves. And having heard this, they praised and glorified God. And when they saw the sincerity of his repentance, they also removed themselves from their evil deeds, and said within themselves, Let us also draw nigh unto repentance so that we may become worthy of the forgiveness of sins, even as he also is worthy. And whilst fasting often and during the time of prayer and silent contemplation, that devil of error who bringeth back to the remembrance of the mind the wickedness of former habits would come to him and tempt him to such a degree that even as he himself hath told us, it wanted exceedingly little to make him fall from his covenant. And having come to the old man Isidore the Great, who had arrived from Skeet, 
Moses told him concerning the war of his body, and the old man said unto him, Be not distressed, for these are the beginning of the birth pangs. And they come upon thee seeking what they are accustomed to receive, even as a dog which cometh continually to the cook. And if a man give him nothing, he will not go there again. And thus also it was with thee. For if thou wilt continue in fasting and in prayer, and in silent contemplation, the devil will straightway fall into despair, and will flee from thee. And from that time he was exceedingly constant in his work of spiritual excellence. He ate nothing whatsoever except ten ounces of dry bread daily, when he was doing work, and he would recite from beginning to end fifty prayers during the day. But the more he dried up his body, the more he was vexed and consumed by dreams. And again he went to one of the old men, and said unto him, What shall I do? For thoughts of lust which arise from my former habits attack me. And the old man said unto him, These lead thee into error, because thou hast not turned away thy heart from the similitudes of them, but give thy heart to watching in careful prayer, and thou wilt be free from them. Now when he had heard this direction, he went to his cell, and made a covenant with God that he would neither sleep during the whole night, nor bend his knees. And he dwelt in his cell for seven years, and remained standing the whole of each night with his eyes open, and he never closed his eyelids. And after this he set himself other ascetic labors, for he would go out during the nights and visit the cells of the old men and take their water-skins and fill them with water, because they lived a long way from the water, that is to say, some two miles, some four miles, another five miles. One night he went to fill the water-skins with water, according to his wont, and as soon as he had bent down over the spring, a devil smote him a blow across his loins with a stick, and then departed, leaving him half dead. And Moses understood who had done this thing to him. And on the following day, one of the brethren came to fill the water skins with water, and saw the blessed man lying there. And he drew nigh to him and asked, What hath happened unto thee? And when Moses had told him the story, the brother went and informed Rabbi Isidore, the priest of the church of Skeet, who sent brethren immediately. And they took him up and brought him to the church, and he was ill for a long time, and he never thoroughly recovered from his illness, and he never again enjoyed the health of body which he had possessed formerly. And Abba Isidore said unto him, Rest thyself, O Moses, and fret not thyself against the devils, and seek not to make attacks upon them. There is moderation in everything, even in the works of ascetic life. Then Moses said unto him, I believe in God, in whom I have placed my hope, that being armed against the devils, I must not cease to wage war with them until they depart from me. And Abba Isidore said unto him, In the name of Jesus Christ, from this time forward the devil shall cease from thee. Draw nigh then, and participate in the holy mysteries, and thou shalt be free from all impurity, both of the flesh and of the spirit. For thou must not boast within thyself, and say, I have overcome the devils. For it was for thy benefit that they have waxed strong against thee. So Moses went back to his cell, and after two months Abba Isidore came to him, and asked him concerning himself. And Moses said unto him, I never see now anything which is hateful to me, 
Now he was also held to be worthy of the gift of divine grace, and he could chase away the devils from many folk who were vexed therewith. And as flies take to flight before us, so did the devils depart from before him. Such were the ascetic labors of the blessed man Moses, who was himself vexed with great matters. And he also became a priest, and he left behind him seventy disciples who were men of worth. When he was a thief, he had as followers seventy men who were thieves. And these now became his disciples, and they were perfect in the fear of God. Chapter 11 of Abba Peor And there was an Egyptian youth whose name was Peor, and he was an holy man. And when he departed from the house of his parents, he made a covenant with God, with the zeal of excellence, that he would never see again any of his kinsfolk. And after fifty years had passed, the sister of this blessed man, who was very old and gray, heard that he was alive, and she greatly desired to see him. Now she was unable to come to him to the desert, and she besought the bishop who was in the country to write to the fathers who lived in the desert, telling them to urge him and to send him to see his sister. Then when the blessed man saw the pressure which came from them to make him go, he took with him certain of the brethren, and set out to go on the journey. And having arrived, he sent and informed his sister's household, saying, Behold, Peor thy brother hath come, and he standeth outside. Now when his sister heard his voice, she went forth in great haste. And when Peor heard the sound of the door, and knew that the aged woman, his sister, was coming forth to see him, he shut his eyes tightly and said, So and so, I am thy brother. Look at me as far as thou canst do so. And having seen him, she was relieved, or gratified in her mind, and gave thanks unto God, and she was unable to persuade him to enter into her house. And he made a prayer by the side of the door, with his eyes closed tightly, and departed to the desert. And he also wrought the following wonderful thing. In the place where he lived, he dug a hole in the ground, and found water which was bitter in taste. But until the day wherein he died, he endured the bitter taste of the water, in order that he might make known that which he suffered patiently for the sake of God. Now after his death, many of the monks wished to abide in that place, but they were not able to do so even for one year, chiefly because of the terrible nature of the country and the barrenness thereof. Chapter 12 of Abba Moses the Libyan There was also another old man, whose name was Moses, who came from the country of the Libyans. He was exceedingly meek and compassionate, and through this was held to be worthy of the gift of healing. And this old man himself related unto us the following story, and said, When I was a young man and dwelt in the monastery, we dug out a large cistern, which was twenty cubits wide, and eighty men were digging it out, and we set seventy men to build walls round it, and they dug down according to their knowledge, and they passed the place where they expected to find water, and went down even one cubit more, but they did not find water, and being greatly distressed at this, we wished to abandon the well and go away. But when Abba Peor came from the desert at the season of noon, now he was an old man and was covered in his head cloak, he saluted us and said unto us, Why hath your spirit lessened? 
O ye of little faith, for I observe that your spirit hath diminished since yesterday, because ye have not found water. Then he went down by a ladder to the bottom of the well, and made a prayer with the men, and having prayed he took up an iron tool, and drove it into the earth three times, saying, O Lord God of the Holy Fathers, make not the weariness of these men to be in vain, but send them water in abundance. And straightway the waters sprang up in such quantity that they all were wetted. And having prayed a second time, he went forth and departed. And when they urged him to remain with them and eat, he would not be persuaded to do so, but said unto them, The matter concerning which I was sent hath come to pass, and to eat I was not sent. Chapter 13 Of a Certain Distinguished Wandering Monk There was a certain distinguished wandering monk, who, as have heard from the famous monks who dwelt by the side of the country of Antio, lived a life of great sanctity in the mountains, and many folks were helped by him both by word and deed, and the enemy had envy of him, even as he hath of every good man. And he cast into his mind thoughts which appeared to be humble, saying, It is not seemly for thee to be ministered unto, and treated with honor by others, for thou shouldest minister unto thyself. Go therefore to the city, and sell thy plated baskets thyself, and buy whatsoever thou hast need of, and lay no burden upon any man. Now the crafty one counseled him in this wise, because he was envious of the assistance which he obtained from the silent contemplation and constant prayer, and because he kept God in his mind, and he was laying nets for him, and was trying to snare him by every means in his power, and the monk being convicted, as it were, by a counselor of good, for he was not greatly skilled in the knowledge of the cunning and of the abundant wickedness of him that was lurking in ambush, went down from the mountain, and the brethren marveled, because he was a wandering monk who was well known and famous. And thus in a short time, through want of care, and also through converse with women, he was caught in the toils and fell. And he came to the river Nile in a desolate place, now there was with him the enemy who had cast him down, and who rejoiced because of his fall, and because many folk would be made to offend through hearing thereof, and because he had greatly grieved the Spirit of God, and the angels, and the holy fathers of the same class as himself, having become unlike any of those who in the cities and everywhere else had overcome Satan, and because he had forgotten that great might was nigh unto him, that fighteth against the enemy, and who truly hath his hope in the Lord. Because, I say, he forgot that his help existed. He fell into error, and knew not how he was to be healed, and wished to throw himself into the river flood and die. And moreover, although his body was brought exceedingly low through the suffering of his soul, it would have been in vain had not at length the mercy of God helped him not to die, which would have afforded perfect joy to the enemy, and it urged him to depart again with weeping and bitter suffering of heart, and as was meet to make supplication to the compassion of God. And thus having returned to his place, and blocked up the window of his cell, 
he wept as was right, after the manner of one who weepeth in a suitable manner over a dead person. And he reduced his body to emancipation by means of his fasting and vigil in grief, for the expectation of his repentance had not as yet come to him. And on several occasions, when the brethren came to comfort him and knock at his door, because he had no excuse to make, he would say, Pray ye for me, O my brethren, for I have made a covenant to live a life of silent contemplation, all my days, having everything of which I have need. Then they would go away, having no hope whatsoever for him. Now he was a monk who was very precious in their sight, and from Pentecost, when the brethren were in the habit of relaxing their severe rules of life, and when they ate freely, now because of his fall, that monk did not act thus onwards. Throughout the whole year, until the Feast of Unleavened Bread, he prayed with tears, and he vexed sorely the life of his flesh, and was crucified with Christ. But on the eve of the day of the resurrection, at the rejoicing of the holy first day of the week, he took a new lamp and trimmed it ready for lighting, and he set it in a new vessel likewise, and covered it over, and being unable to stand up in prayer, he said, O thou merciful one, who desirest that the barbarians and all the people who are without God should have knowledge of thee, and should turn to thee, and who alone art the true physician of souls, have mercy upon me, for I know that I have made thee wroth not a little, I have obeyed the enemy even to my death, and behold, I am a dead man. O thou who didst teach the children of men, who were not merciful to show mercy to each other, O have mercy upon me, for unto thee nothing is impossible, even though I be brought down as low as the dust in Sheol. But thou art the Lord of thy hosts, and thou art he who is good unto those whom thou hast fashioned, and thou art he who shall rise up the dead bodies of those who have no being, and who shall make them to have being in the day of resurrection. Answer thou me, because my heart and my body are sick, for I am overcome by the fear of thee, and am ready to perish, and I cannot live any longer, and because as yet I have no confidence in my repentance, a twofold destruction have I in my despair. Show compassion upon me, O merciful one, and kindle this lamp by thy light, so that I, by means thereof, may receive the encouragement of thy mercy, and may pass the remainder of my life which thou wilt bestow upon me in the way which shall please thee, and may never again, as long as I live, be unmindful of the fear of thy commandments. And he said these things with tears on his face, and he rose up to see if the lamp had been lighted, and he uncovered it, and saw that there was no light in it. Then he fell upon his face as he had done before, and he besought the Lord frequently, saying, O Lord, thou knowest that the strife hath taken place, and that it is ended, and thou wilt not require especially that they should be disgraced by crying out with the wicked, and that I should suffer torture forever. Have mercy then upon me, and I will confess thy goodness. I have been ashamed before the righteous angels, and if it were not that it would cause scandal, I would make 
my confession to the children of men. Therefore have compassion upon me, for from this time forward I will teach others that their hearts must not be outside thy fear, even for a moment. And now I make supplication unto thy goodness. O make me to live, and I entreat thee so to do, for I am about to die. And the monk prayed in this manner three times, and then he was heard by God. For when he went back the fourth time to see if the lamp had been lighted, he found it burning brightly, and he was strengthened with hope and rejoiced, and wept abundantly, and he marveled at divine grace. And he made prayer to the Lord about this also, saying, Thou didst show compassion upon the life of this world of him that is unworthy, and especially by the great and new sign which thou hast given. Yea, Lord, thou dost always show thy compassion upon the miserable soul, and dost spare it. And the monk continued to give simple thanks until the day dawned. And he rejoiced in the Lord, and forgot the food of the body, and he tended the light of the lamp every day, and poured oil therein, and he trimmed it from above, and kept it covered so that it should not be extinguished. And thus that man became like one who had risen in the resurrection of the righteous, and like the chaste man, and like the humble man in the Spirit of God, who obeyeth readily, and who giveth gladly unto the Lord's gratitude and thanks. And when he was about to yield up unto the Lord the soul which had been graciously given to him, he related the story gladly unto the brethren who happened to be there, that it might cause them fear. And he said, Let that lamp be placed in my grave in commemoration of my repentance. And we who heard concerning the grace of God have written down these things, in order that men may be watchful in the Lord. End of chapters 10 through 13